RNZ National, time to continue our series on New Zealand's sporting history. And this is a goodie. I'm joined by the incredible Julia Ratcliffe. With the hammer throw as her chosen event, she won three Commonwealth Games medals, including gold in 2018. And 2021 was a huge year for her professionally. She competed at the Tokyo Olympics. And in qualifying for those Olympics, also smashed the Oceania record. Her throw was 73.55 metres. And in January this year, Julia announced her retirement from the sport. So it's a great time to catch up with her and look back on an incredible career. Kia ora, welcome. Thank you for having me. Nice to see you. Always great to have a Hamiltonian on the show. Tron goes hard. Tron goes hard. <laughs> and, you know, like there are always other things to do in, in Hamilton outside of athletics. I mean, it was rugby and cricket for me, and I'm, I'm sure you had stuff, um, you know, hockey, netball, whatever. How did you gravitate towards athletics? Uh, so my dad was my coach my whole career. Yeah. Um, so, you know, no hammer throw interview <laughs> with me is complete without uh, adding Dave right in there from the get-go. Yeah, uh, yeah but he, he got me and my sister into athletics when we were five, kind of joined the local club, Hamilton City Hawks, and wow. was a member of the, um, that club for my, my whole career as well. Um, yeah, took us down to the local club days, just kind of run, jump, throw programs, kind of teaching kids the basic skills yeah. of, that are fundamental to all sports, really. Um, but no, Dad had a passion for athletics. He uh, was a PE teacher uh, in a former life, and so whereabouts did he teach? Um, all over. He landed in New Zealand, I think, in the seventies from the UK, um, and ended up at Harwara High School, yeah. um, and which like the Naki is like a huge. <laughs> Huge athletics hub um, in those days and, st- and still kind of is. So uh, that was kind of what he gravitated towards, I uh-huh. think, and ended up coaching um, more kind of sprinters and jumpers, yeah. uh, a few hurdlers. So he, he got me and my sister into the hurdles um, as kind of our first real technical event when we were when we were kids, which was great. Um, you know, anything technical, if you've got some good coaching, kind of you can get ahead quite quickly as a kid. But um, slowly my uh, my physique made it <laughs> made it clear that you know running long distances uh, was was not my forte. Um, yeah, so he's kind of I've got a powerful physique and he kind of looked towards the throwing side of things. Yeah. I think and um, the hammer throw is one that's you don't get in high schools really too much. You don't really get it uh, unless someone seeks it out, I guess. And uh, very technical. And so some, I think that's something that he saw. If we put a lot of work into this, you could get quite good at it because yeah, not a lot of people are willing to put that work into to. Yeah. Master that weird technique that they do. So it's very early for um, your involvement in athletics, and are you grateful for that? For him, sort of, well, I was going to say pushing you into it, but introducing you to it at that age. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess pushing is a funny term because you know, as a kid, your parents do direct yeah. a lot of your life path. And when I was kind of in high school, he was really keen on the athletics, and um, and I know that he could see how far I could go with this. Versus mm. if I played a different sport, it's kind of you're at the whims of a team coach. Or yeah. um, I think for him, individual sports, if if I wanted to go go far with it, um, was something that you had a lot more control over your own destiny. Uh, and so. Yeah, he, I felt in high school like, oh, I'm being forced to do this by my dad. But, you know, as, as I got older and started to appreciate the opportunities that came with it, um, yeah, looking back, definitely really grateful for it. Yeah. Did your sister stick with it? Um, she ended up uh, taking off overseas uh, on a gap year straight after high school. So she escaped the family hammer farm. Um, I did not. Um, but she, she, Dad got her into the hammer as well, and she did pretty well. Really? She, she picked up a medal at the Pacific School did you Games. Say the, did you say the family hammer farm? Yeah, the family hammer farm. Yeah, Tell me about that. That's what I a joke about. Um, no, <laughs> no it, just, um, it kind of did turn into that, actually. So after I, um, I went over to the States for university and... 
uh, took my final year off um, as a bit of a break to come home and try and qualify for the Rio Olympics. And by that stage, mum and dad had moved out to a lifestyle block just outside of Hamilton. Uh, Whereabouts? And, shout out. Uh, Pukitaha. Pukitaha. Oh, yeah. I don't know that one. I'm sorry. Northeast um, okay. by Gordonton. Anyway. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those new, it's part of New Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, they, I think, got, got a bit lost of kind of what uh, what the key structures of the house might be, the key aspects that they're looking for, because <laughs> mum was looking at the house and dad was busy measuring up the backyard oh um, for, a, for a throwing field. Yeah. So Making it sure, making sure it was 73.55 metres long in case yeah. you ever broke the Oceania record. Yeah, so the driveway sits at about <laughs> 75 metres from the concrete hammer circle that dad got put into the, back, the back field. So wow. if I threw lighter hammers, which we do for speed training, they yeah. go a bit further. Um, <laughs> So we had to go down to Pirate Stadium for those, um, back to the old stomping ground. Close. Yeah. Close. Yeah. No coincidence, I'm sure. (laughs) So um, can you tell us a bit about the technicalities of the hammer? How How do you throw a hammer far? Uh, it's all about the ball speed on release. Mm-hmm. So for those who don't know, a hammer is not a building implement. Uh, started off in uh, like the Highland Games type um, oh, yeah. events as as a like physical sledgehammer. Um, so a big head, wooden handle, huh. yeah, and you spin it around your head. And I don't think many people would turn with it necessarily because it's a lot heavier in the Highland Games. Um, but over time, that's evolved into a kind of a steel ball that looks Gosh, like a shot put yeah. with a wire, a single wire, not a chain, uh, as, as people call it. But um, <laughs> single wire. That's so funny because I picture a chain. Yeah, I don't know chain. how many times I've seen you throw up, but in my yeah. head, it's a chain. Yeah. yeah, so it's just a single piece of number eight wire um, and a triangle handle. Uh, and so you take that in both hands, you're spinning it around your head a few times, and then do some ballerina turns um, and toss it out the cage. Uh, yeah, but you're, Sorry for the basic question, but I have to ask. Does it ever detach from the wire? So yeah, I've had a few a few mishaps. Gosh, uh, there's a few videos of me floating around the internet falling over. Um, but yeah, so if, well, they obviously don't always go out the cage, and so yeah. the more you smack them into the cage, they weaken, and yeah. you can uh, lose a swivel or break a handle or something like that, which um, is expensive and hurts if you fall over as yeah. it happens. But um, usually only happens the about of, once a year. The amount of force at the end of that hammer must yes. be huge. Yeah, I think it's. It's something like four times the amount of force on your body than any other athletics event, because but it's really low impact, which is great. Yeah. Um, because it's just you're, you're spinning it uh-huh. around yourself. So um, so yeah, you're trying to build momentum. Um, you want to start off, or you want to finish as fast as you can. So if you start off too fast, you you can't keep building on it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So you're doing your turns. You have to stay. You want to be accelerating. Exactly. Yeah. It's all about the acceleration. Um, yeah. So you're trying to let the ball go as fast as you can at the end of that throw. Did Did you ever think? And, you know, like I say, sounds like your dad has devoted his life to your career. But did you ever think, hey, maybe I'll just mix it up with an international coach? Um, See what someone else can bring, apart from this guy who's been training me since I was five? Yeah, well, dad was really resourceful and he was always tapping into those international coaches. He was pretty shameless, actually. I was always highly embarrassed as a kid. <laughs> he'd, 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 like, stalk the world record <laughs> holders coach on the internet. And he'd be sending them pictures, like videos of his 13-year-old daughter's hammer throwing, being like, can you give us some feedback? And oh, they would because, you know, the, the throwing community is so yeah. small around the world that people are pretty willing to help each other out. Um, so I feel like we did have quite a bit of international influence, um, yeah, because like the, the Soviet countries, the Russians in particular, um, had some really good hammer throwers. Um, the... I think like Canada, the US had mm. some pretty good ones as well and, um, yeah, tapping into a few of those resources, so... Yeah. Okay, so he was willing to ask for help when he felt he needed yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How old were you when you first went to the Commonwealth Games in 2014? 
I had just turned 21. Gosh. Yeah. Um, and that was in uh, Glasgow? Mm-hmm. How was that experience? That was good. It was almost the perfect first like big games experience. So in athletics, you have your world champs, which are kind of just athletics. Um, but then those multi-game sports that the New Zealand Olympic yeah. Committee runs, the Commonwealth Games and the Olympics, those are so much fun. Like They're, they're my jam. Um, you're in the village with heaps of other sports, big New Zealand team. Um, and the Commonwealth countries in particular, it's, it's like the friendly games. It's, it's a high level of competition, but... It's like we're just mates with each other, yeah. so um, it's pretty fun to to meet people from other countries. And um, for me, I, I think I knew I was going into the competition ranked second, um, and so yeah, it was kind of I didn't. That was my first kind of big major with the New Zealand team as a whole, and yeah, it was just kind of went to plan, executed the plan. It's great. <laughs> got a silver. Got a silver. Got, yeah. got what I was worth. And then what about going into the Gold Coast four years later? Were you ranked number one going into that? No, I it kind of turned to custard after that, to be honest. Um, took the, not turned to custard, but, you know, started getting some, some school of life um, thrown at me. Yeah. So um, took the year off to try and qualify for the Rio Olympics in 2016. Um, missed that by 25 centimetres. Uh. So kind of left my, all my mates in the States and they all graduated without me. Oh. And came home and um, living with mum and dad and throwing in the depths of the Waikato um, in the backyard. And uh. yeah, came so close and, and didn't quite get there. And I think that was the first thing that I'd really the first big thing I'd really failed at in my life which was a great life lesson like you know you need that to to come back stronger and figure out what you really want uh yeah so went back to the states finished up my degree there where were you what university Uh, Princeton University Princeton University in New Jersey yep Jersey girl um from Hamilton to New Jersey although I'm not yeah I'm not sure that Princeton is the definition of Jersey girl I joke I joke were you there on an athletic scholarship um the Ivy Leagues don't do athletic scholarships per se but it was yeah I had financial aid um backing so yeah okay um what an incredible experience. Yeah, it was full on. It yeah. was full on. What did you graduate with? Uh, degree in economics. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, is that something you'll go back to? Economics? Yeah. Yeah, so I eventually, so when I got back, when I graduated, got back, did about six months of full-time training in the build-up to the um, 2018 Games. Uh, and after that had finished, started up uh, at the Reserve Bank in New Zealand oh, in, a grad, in a grad role. So I wow. went down to Wellington. Um, kind of went into the grad role saying, hey, in a year and a half, I know the grad program's <laughs> technically around two years, but in a year and a half, um, I'm going to take off and try and qualify for the next Olympics. Is that okay? Uh, and they were like, yeah, that's cool. So um, they were fantastic. I, I had such a, I did five years, just just under five years at the Reserve Bank, and they were fantastic. Such such supportive colleagues. Wicked. And, yeah, and kind of um, between, between training and working, um, managed to kind of dial back working if I needed to for months at a time, drop down to part-time um, remotely so mm. I could dial up the training when I needed to. And oh, Good for them. Yeah. If you just tuned in, I'm talking to Julia Ratcliffe, uh, New Zealand hammer thrower. We're talking about some of the highlights from her career, although we're at a bit of a down point at the moment because uh, missed out on Rio by 25 centimetres. And then what happens after that? You find something deep within yourself that's makes you pick it up again and, and go harder for 2016 and uh, sort of 2018 in Gold Coast? Uh, so I came back from the US a bit injured, um, probably didn't look after myself too much um, in terms of the rehab and things like that, and so picked up a shoulder injury that um, threw me back 
quite a bit mentally mm. as well. Um, and so it was a bit like, a, you know, woe is me, this is so hard, why is this happening to yeah. me type attitude. Um, yeah, and so by the time the 2018 games rolled around, a couple months out, I didn't even know if I'd qualify for it. Um, I was kind of like, uh, we just have to get my body better and see where we can mm. go from there. Uh, but then first competition back, managed to throw a qualifying throw and get on the team. And same thing, like by the time I got to the games, I I didn't actually look at the rankings. Dad probably knew Dad was all over it. He always is. Um, but I yeah, I didn't look huh. at the, didn't look at the rankings. I was just chuffed to be there because I didn't think I would be. Um, and so that yeah, that the attitude of gratitude it takes you a long way. Um, yeah, so got out there and uh, I think the com- there was quite a bit of rain in the competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and the yeah, Gold Coast of all places. Yeah, exactly. And so. Um, I think my sister was in London at the time watching, and she's kind of going to her colleagues, it's raining, she's going to win it. Because I sit in Hamilton, and I go out training in the rain. Um, I love that. Yeah, so um, my MO throughout my whole career has been not necessarily the the top thrower in the field, but um, despite whatever challenges are thrown at me, I can usually keep it together out in the the competition arena. So um, rain, I was kind of like, no, path course, like... On we go. Um, And a few few of the girls that really threw them off. Um, Yeah, so... Wow, I love that. Um, do you remember what it was like to stand on the podium, get the gold? Yeah, it was really cool. Like the, I think the national anthem and seeing the flag go up and knowing that you were the one that put it mm. there and had that had that music ringing out was pretty cool. And um, one of the cool things actually, so you know, in New Zealand schools, if you sing the national anthem, you sing the the Māori version first. Mm. Um, so that's what I launched into, and they only play it once. So, <laughs> um, but the amount of comments um, I got afterwards on Facebook and through social media about how much it meant to Māori in New Zealand that I'd done that um, was pretty special. So, um, so that was cool to yeah, like a, a big moment to be like, oh yeah, people are watching. Like, yeah, and um, people wonder why we do it in schools. Well, that's the reason. So when you stood up there, that was your anthem. Yeah, and exactly. you knew it, knew it word for word. Yeah. Mm. So. It was uh, alarming how how well the mics pick up your singing. <laughs> um, that was unfortunate, but you know, um, no, it was yeah. it was it's pretty cool to stand up on that podium. I yeah. guess you can't be up there giving directions to the sound guy. Yeah, it's, just up uh, a couple of keys. Like. <laughs> oh yeah, they should start auto tuning them on the podium. Oh, that'd be great. A few T Pain echoes. Yeah. The, <laughs> the attitude of gratitude. Did you do work on your mental um, fitness and and your mental approach to the sport? Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely let it lapse for a few years there. And for me, and I think for a lot of athletes, it's kind of on a needs basis. Um, sometimes something, life throws stuff at you and you need to deal with it. And it might not be sports related at all. It might just be getting yourself back to being a happy mm-hmm. person. Um, and I think a lot of athletes would say the same that when they're chatting to their sports psychologist, a lot of it is not sports related. It's stuff outside of life that you, or outside yeah. of sport that you need to sort. So when you get to training, you can put that down and focus at the job at hand. So, um, yeah, so in the last couple of years in particular, I've done quite a bit of work um, on values and stuff and, and living my values regardless of, of what life throws at me and um, and helping, I guess, make those decisions as my priorities have shifted a bit as I've got older and I'm trying to work at the same time and keep my career going and, um, you know, be fair to my family and dad in particular because he's putting heaps of time into coaching mm. and for him I know that um, he gets a lot of satisfaction out of being like it all in and by the end of my career I was kind of like I've done the Olympics now I'm like I'd love to do another Commonwealth Games but I'm, I'm going to do it my way and that might not look like your way um, and so um, yeah just just making sure that I'm, be, I'm okay with myself as a person as I go through all of those things. 
Yeah, I love that. And um, can I ask, if you've got something going on in your personal life, a breakup, if you've fallen out with a friend, you've maybe lost somebody, does that translate into your throw? Do you throw, I mean, just put it in its really basic form, do you throw the hammer less far when you've got something on your mind? I think it depends on the person. Um, some people love anger as fuel. Um, and that's that's awesome for them. That's definitely not how I operate. I'm not a particularly angry person. So <laughs> if someone's like, you know, get angry about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, should we talk about? Should we talk it out? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I think if I was kind of emotionally compromised, if you know, break up or fight with the family or something, I think for me, I had to be really careful that I, I didn't go out and, and lose focus and do something that would injure myself. Because mm. you know, you don't go out with the intention of injuring yourself, but if you're not focused and you're putting a lot of force through your body, that's totally, that's what yeah. happens. Um, and so, Dad was always quite quick to pick up, annoyingly, uh, that he'd be like, "You're not in it. Like, you need put whatever's on your mind down." And usually, you know, usually it was us bickering together. So he's mm. like, "Are you gonna are you gonna sort it out in your head <laughs> um, before we keep going? Because it does get a bit dangerous, you know." And I think that's the same for any sports. You know, rugby. If you go and mad into a tackle and you and you lose your cool mm. and do something silly, like you, you hurt yourself or someone else quite badly. So um, yeah, I think that's it is important to to make sure you're focused when you're going into those really explosive things. Uh, Julie Ratcliffe with me on our series on New Zealand sporting history. We're talking about the Hammer and her incredible career. So the gold medal at the Gold Coast Games 2018, and then you've really got your eye on the next Olympics, huh? Yeah. Um, and now that's a weird one. Any athlete over the last few years had, has had to deal with COVID. So Tokyo was meant to be 2020, ended up being 2021. Uh, no doubt that was a pretty weird time for you in terms of um, peaking, <laughs> um, because by twenty, well, but by early twenty twenty, when we locked down, I'm sure you're already on track to peak at those games in Tokyo. Yeah, um, I was on track to qualify, uh, but kind of via a point system, so I hadn't hit the outright qualifier. Mm. Uh, but they take the top thirty two in the world based on a point system across yeah. various performances. So I was on track to qualify, but I hadn't done it convincingly. Um, and so the extra year for me turned out to be a blessing in disguise, as it was for a lot of athletes oh. that just had an extra year to prepare. Uh, but at the time, it was pretty tough to swallow. Um, I remember the first days of lockdown. I uh, was with mum and dad, and you know I was kind of like, oh, I just don't want to do any training. Mm. Um, and then the videos started coming in of athletes that were just using whatever they had at their disposal to to train. Um, you had Nicole Vandekay, triathlete. Um, her dad had rigged up tarpaulins in their deer shed and filled it with water. She'd banded herself to the wall to do, like, resistance swimming training. People pushing cars up and down their driveways. <laughs> like, flatmates were recruited as, like, like, squat weights. Oh, man, I guess I'm going to have to do this. No holiday after all. And I had my coach, a hammer ring, and a small yeah. gym set up in my garage. Yeah. So I was basically living at my own personal high-performance centre. <laughs> and I just needed to have a little chat to myself about my attitude there. Um, yeah, so, you know, it took a couple of days to sulk it out. But, mm. um, yeah, after like, kind of seeing seeing those other athletes and how they banded together to encourage each other to keep going and um, through that disappointment was um, definitely what got me going you qualified i did convincingly as well new zealand track and field championships hastings 2021 do you remember that throw yeah i do i've got a good video of it and um 
good mate Nigel Yeldon's on the commentary. He's one of my one of my favourites uh, that used to come down and uh, do the commentary for us. Yeah, uh, good name in New Zealand broadcasting. Oh, he does a good job. You know, he's a good man. So um, he he just goes, she has launched it, and he, you could just like hear him getting excited. Wow. And I think I, I think he was live over the speaker system in the stadium as well. So I've, he knew when it came out of your hand. Yeah, because they can they're sitting in a box kind of above the field, and I think they had the qualifying like the lines out, um, mm. so you can see it go over um, the lines, and so. He was pretty excited. I was. We were all very excited. So, um, yeah, it was it was a good day. And I think that competition in particular, I was so nervous beforehand for some reason. Like mm. usually, I'm not super nervous in New Zealand competitions. But um, looking back, it's it's usually when I'm in really good nick, like going into a competition, that mm. I'm like, oh, got everything to lose here. No excuses. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and looking back, there was um, I've got a, a young girl called Caitlin that I met at um, a coaching clinic uh, one year, and she took quite a shine to me and uh, starts sending me these little videos. Of like Julia, you're at the nationals. It's time to do it. She's ten or ten. Or she was ten at the time, and I got a video from Caitlin that day. Um, and I was like, oh, well, if Caitlin reckons I can do it, I can probably pull it together and do it. So, um, so that was pretty cool. And again, like the support that you have around you going through as an athlete is um is pretty special. So your throw was a meter further than your personal best. Yeah, I'd been cooking for a while. Uh, I think that's how the hammer throw goes as well. You kind of chip away and chip away and you kind of get you, – you have a massive jump and then you kind of sit there for a while. Yeah. And then you do another six months of training and then you might have another big jump up. Um, yeah, so it's um, it's something that you have to keep chipping at. Actually, yeah, so you one of your throws made the Olympic qualification mark, right? Mm-hmm. And then you did another throw that was even even longer. Is that yep. right? Yeah. 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 Incredible. Yeah. So that was good. <laughs> good day in the office. Better, but but a meter is a huge amount. You must have been doing something differently. Oh, I just I'd had a good block of training and I hadn't had that many competitions um, to go and right. execute at because of COVID and yeah. because of lockdown. So so you just been quietly getting better. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the, that's the trick. You beat Lauren Bruce's record. Yeah, she's since claimed it back, unfortunately. Has she? Uh, but it was it was awesome, Mum, having Lauren kind of uh, come up. We'd we'd been competing against each other since we were teenagers. So um, yeah, she had a big jump, um, kind of the year or two before mm-hmm. the Olympics. Um, and yeah, just having having something like just a little bit of extra fuel um, to to keep me training and give me something to compete against because I went my whole career in New Zealand and. I was winning nationals by like five, six metres every year. So it was yeah. kind of like, oh, this is yeah. – like, and then I was going to the world stage and getting smashed. So yeah. there was kind of like no in-between. So mm-hmm. it was awesome to have someone locally that was um, at my level finally. Yeah, because yeah, you are just competing against yourself in many ways, right? Yeah, yeah. You're trying to throw as, as well as you can throw. It just happens to be other people – um, doing the same thing, and then they hand out medals at the <laughs> yeah. end. But it's not like you're – she's not racing along next to you. Yeah. You're not fighting her in a ring. Um, but is it competitive? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's. I think there was just a healthy respect between us. Like mm. we know how hard it is to get to that level and the amount of time you have to put into the technique. Uh, and so it was just cool for me to have someone else out there. And it was quite funny. It seemed like anyone that interviewed us was always kind of searching for beef between yeah. us. And I don't know. If Media loves beef. They do. I don't know if it was like a male female thing because you think of like Jacko and Tom yeah. in the shot put and. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, they have a, you know, they've got, they've got a healthy respect for each other because right. they're both competitive. And, right, right, right. But for me and Lauren, it was it's always. Like, catfight, catfight. Do you guys hate each other? Like, I was like, no. It's like, so interesting. Why would we? Mm. Um, no, she's a phenomenal athlete. So, um, yeah. 
That was Very quite funny to navigate. Yeah. Um, something for us to work on in the media. <laughs> <laughs> How did Tokyo go? It was great. It was epic. I had such a good time. Was I think in terms of performance, like I was actually really proud of that throw. I feel mm. like there's a lot of things that, like the Commonwealth Games I'm proud of because I, you know, I held it together, but... I, the the throws that I won medals at the Commonwealth Games with weren't particularly far. Nothing mm. over seventy meters, um, much to my chagrin. But um, in Tokyo, I, like I actually was really proud of of how I executed mentally. Um, had worked heaps with the sports site going into the into the competition. Worked with Dad on the cues I'd be working on technically, and the first throw in the qualifying just nailed it. Seventy three point two meters. Yeah, just yeah. nailed it and was like, yeah, that's awesome. that's. That felt good. So, so yeah. you go through to the finals and then you have another yep. throw there. Yeah. So the you get everyone gets three throws on the first day. They split the thirty two into two mm-hmm. groups of sixteen, uh, which was kind of crazy. Like in Tokyo, it was so hot, and so I had maybe a nine a.m. competition, which is quite early for a, like a power event because you kind of have to wake mm-hmm. up and get the muscles yeah. <laughs> exploding. Um, but I was actually in the end quite grateful for that early slot because I think the track heated up ten degrees or something in between mm. our competition and the in the next um, qualifying round. So huh. yeah, so it was quite a quite a change um, in heat levels. Yeah, and so the top um, twelve from those two qualifying rounds go through to a competition the next day or the day after. Um, everyone gets another three throws, and then the top eight go on to get another three. Yeah. Um, so my goal was to get top eight, and I came in ninth, um, <laughs> which was a bit gutting. But, yeah, also just really proud of how it went. And how, how do you get ninth if you made it through to the final of eight people? Made it through to the final of 12 people. 12 people, yep. okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and your throw in the final, because presumably you start from scratch again yep. there, yeah, and your throw in the final was about a metre less than you'd thrown in qualifying, so yep. maybe you did have more capacity there. Yeah. But you're happy with ninth, eh? Hey? Honestly, like, wouldn't change it. I think we who Who listening today is ninth in the world at their particular job? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, it was... Yeah, there's, and there's always something to work on, like in anything that you do, like you never get it absolutely perfect, and I've come to terms with that, um, particularly in the last few years, that yeah, you could do more, but like, is what you're putting in worth what you're getting out? And for me, like, there was the retirement question was, I think I could throw further than what I've thrown, but I know what it would take out of me, and for mm. me, that trade-off's not necessarily worth it anymore, so um, yeah. Did Dad get a say? Oh, I think he would have gone and until he chuffed, like, absolutely was no longer had anything left in him yeah. um, because he just loves it so much. Yeah. Um, so, I, th- I like, knowing that, I kind of <laughs> – I said, like, we had to had – had a bit of a discussion after Tokyo because I was adamant I was going to retire after Tokyo uh, and then got back to New Zealand. We did MIQ after Tokyo. Hmm. Um, we got out of MIQ into a lockdown uh, and I had all these grand plans of things, fun things to do with my friends and family and couldn't do any of them. Um, but had conveniently qualified for the Birmingham Commonwealth Games um, in in Tokyo, so you know by the time we, by the time the lockdowns had finished, it was yeah. only about six months to go, and I was like, ugh, might as well, yeah. might as well go again. Um, so I think Dad was really chuffed about that. But yeah. you know, after after that, I think he could see that I was kind of really tapping out a little bit there on my um, enthusiasm towards like not the sport. I absolutely love athletics still, and still go down to watch, and still love to support my mates who are mm. still competing, but. In terms of um, capacity to kind of keep up that regimented training, uh, yeah, it was waning a bit. <laughs> He's going to miss his time with you. I know. 
I um, he's quite funny because he he takes a few days to kind of think about things when you ask him a deep question. Uh, he's a very deep thinker, and uh, I said, "Oh, you know, do you do you miss it? Like after you know, a month or two after? No, I'm fine." <laughs> And I get a little text from him afterwards. Oh, I do miss Aww. it a little bit, yeah. And I was like, oh, I really just miss hanging out with him, you know. What's next? What's next? Uh, well, I played rugby this year. Took, <laughs> wow. Took up rugby at the ripe age of 29, which was um, an interesting choice, I've awesome. been told by many. Um, yeah, played hooker for the North Shore Rugby Club. Gosh. Um Bit of a stitch up, I reckon. <laughs> uh, I got to, like, the kind of coach kind of said, you know, Oh, I reckon you'll be really good at this. You're really strong. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's something I'm good at. Yeah, yeah. No cardiovascular fitness mm. whatsoever. Um, and so that was the big work on for me this year was teaching my legs right. how to run instead of spin, yeah. teaching my lungs how to expand yeah. again. Um, Should be good with the breakaway from the uh, from the mall. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but no, it was, uh, it was humbling, to say the least. Um, yeah, it was the first year that the club had had a women's team as well. I think it's the second oldest club in the in the history of New Zealand. Mm. Um, but yeah, first year it's had a women's team, so that was really cool to see the club kind of get behind that and try and get that off the ground. Very grateful to have kind of uh, had that experience, and um, yeah, it was just something to kind of take my attention. I think. Um, congratulations on all you've achieved. Congratulations on um, finding peace with your decision to retire, and we can't wait to see what you do next. Thanks for your time. Thank you.